Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather your way? It's pretty good. It is 82 degrees. It's a little overcast, but not bad. Yeah. I see there's ospreys in the tree. I see they're having their little osprey baby yelling for food. So it's... <laughs> There's a lot of nature going on. How about you? Uh, the weather is good. It's raining, so maybe not the greatest. I lied, but <laughs> it's not ter- it, It's not that far from what we're used to, so I guess I can't complain too much. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, 10 degrees Celsius, which I'm having to do my math. That's around 50 Fahrenheit, so it's like not too cold, at least Bad. for for my taste. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's some people some people would disagree, mm-hmm. but. I find it's not too bad. So Like me. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, I'm freezing. Oh, um, what's this? Maybe saying there's no bad weather, only only not enough clothing or something. That, you know, that like sounds you about clothing. That sounds yeah. about right. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls. And specifically, we are talking about, uh, let's see here. We've got episode eight. Episode eight. Thank you for the save there. Because I did not have the episode list in front of me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, um, and it's got the name of the Russian instrument in it. I can't remember what the full name is. It's the, uh, Let the... Me Hear Your Bala... Bala... Balaikas? Ringing out? Yeah. I can't remember how you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the, this is a big episode because we've got the return of Jess. Jess is back, baby. He's back. He looks so much older. And better than ever. Actually, you know, there's that corny phrasing, but it's kind of true in this case. He's he's cleaned up. He's not wearing a leather jacket. He's wearing a jean jacket now. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Good eye. Yeah, he's he's a little little more better dressed. And, uh, yeah, he's um, he's seemingly doing a lot better. And he's Mm -hmm. wrote a book, even, the subsect. By Jess Mariano. Than... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that the book that he wrote was the subsect. So, um, and he has his life together more than Rory does. Yeah, he does. Calls Rory out on that. Yeah, because you know, I think the last time they left, it was more the other way around, where right. he was the one that kind of probably needed a little more direction, and she was the yeah. one that was you know, a little more on track, but, you know, give some time and now it's the other way around. So, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's sort of the big thing in this episode. And I think it goes to also really kind of hammer home, uh, that Rory is making a mistake and not going back to school. Um, because Jessica's like the most, even probably more so than uh, Lorelai, like he gets the most passionate yeah. about it when she says that she's mm-hmm. not in school anymore. Right. Yeah. And calls him out and calls her on her choice of both partners too. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? Never even mind him. Yeah. Yeah. Jess and um, Logan do not get along at all. At all. Like, you know. Uh, I think it's a theme. Whoever Rory is with, uh, Jess just doesn't like him. Didn't like Dean. Doesn't like Logan. 
Maybe for good reasons, but still. I mean, do you think it's it's the fact that they know he's a threat because she has feelings for him, or do you think it's more just Jess's personality or both? I think he he knows what like I I think in a selfish way he thinks like he's the best partner for Rory. But I think he also does know, like, what Rory probably, in his eyes, what Rory wants as a, as a partner. So when he sees that she's with Logan, the kind of people that, in his eyes, they made fun of, you know. I, I think it's a little one-dimensional to assume that, that, like, she could never be attracted to someone like Logan. But at the same time, too, you know, that's how he sees it, right? Um, this was actually directed by Kenny Ortega and written by Daniel Palladino. So, not a... Because there were some inappropriate jokes in there. I didn't see too many, but... Maybe it's the next episode. Yeah. It just seems surprising that Daniel Palladino wrote this because he's (laughs) usually not as, uh, not as clean as this. He's usually a little... It was less problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, later on the episode, Emily also, uh, finds out about Rory's evasiveness and it's funny because, um, Emily tries to, uh, parent Rory, but doesn't quite go that well. Does a little Freudian slip of wait until I tell your father. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like. But he's not my father; he's my grandpa, which is totally true. Right. Um. So. Yeah. And that kind of stops her in her tracks. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. trying to heal her stuff with Lorelai through her relationship with Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a case too where I think like something like this was gonna happen, where at a certain point Rory kind of fights back against Emily. So. The honeymoon is worn off. The yes. The honeymoon staying at her parents and not having responsibilities is worn off. Yeah. And I think, too, part of it is just, you know, just kind of gave her a bit of a wake-up call as well. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good friend to tell you things like that, you know, when, when they know that you're falling short. Yeah. That you could be. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a true friend. It's oh, It's kind of like the Goodwill hunting scene. Mm-hmm. Where um, where Ben Affleck says to Matt Damon, you know, if you're here in another twenty years, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that you're you're so much more than that. I'm like, I remember my mom saying to me, "Yeah, that's a good friend." Yeah, uh, that's not the only the storyline going on in this episode. Uh, we also get the subplot of Luke adopting a soccer team, but then he finds out they're incredibly violent. They're vicious. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a line of of uh, you know. Like, shouldn't she be playing like girls or something? And they, and they rightly so got very offended. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, Luke didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that's there's not too much going on in that subplot, which is fine. It doesn't always need to be, but I think the Jess and the Logan and the Emily stuff was kind of more front and center in this episode. So. Oh yeah. Um, what was your favorite and least favorite performance in this episode? The best one was Jess, because he just knocks it out of the park anytime he's on a show with Mila Vanagulia. He and really does. Worst, you know, 
Yeah, he really does. I mean, it's just so natural. It, just the way he says his lines, you can tell he's actually put thought into it, and the pacing of the line, and uh, and then worst is Logan. I think first of all, just pretending to be drunk is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's the bane of many of the actors' existence, but I just I think part of it too is it's I also have a bias because I really just don't like Logan. Yeah, um, but I really so he's my worst. How about you? Uh, I would say my favorite was Logan, or not sorry, Jess. Freudian like, slip. What? Yeah, no, just You're really gonna f- flip the script on that one. No, I, yeah. I, I did really like what they did with uh, Jess in this episode. I thought it was great. I thought how he handled this idea that he's, um, you know, more or less just he's just trying to you know, reconnect with Rory and, and share something. But then when he finds out that she's something so done, something so egregious as like, basically, you know, stop going to school, he gets really upset. But, um, I thought how he handled that and how he was still respectful, but like at the same time, he was being very firm with her. I thought like how, he, how right. that was performed was really well done. Um, oh yeah. And Which then surprised me. It's Daniel Paladino writing it. Yeah. It's kind of a little, a little surprising. Um, yeah. And then, um, worst. Yeah. Like, I, I gotta say Logan. Like there was a few that were just okay. Like Emily was okay in this episode. She wasn't great or anything, but I think Logan was probably my least favorite. He was just, yeah. I think too, the show kind of naturally does this thing where they take the boyfriends and kind of like turn of them from the good boyfriends that we've seen throughout the show up until that point into pseudo villains in a sense like it even happens with jess jess gets introduced he's very new and exciting and fun and then eventually that flips same with dean dean's this nice guy and then it flips and he becomes a bit more of a jerk and now it's kind of starting to happen with logan where you know logan and uh rory for a while, for a while they were like they were really getting swept up in their relationship and now it's like the flip of that is Logan is more kind of the villain because he's the one that's berating Jess and being cruel to him. So it's just interesting that the, the show kind of has a weird way of writing the boyfriends where it's almost kind of unrealistic that like after a certain amount of time together, they would just turn into villains, but oh well. Right. Right. I mean, usually we'd have some signs of it. Yeah, and yeah. The women, like when the women are doing well and achieving, that's when they're kind of knocked down. Um, yes. You see that with Lane, you see it with Rory, you've seen it with Lorelai. So that's that's also an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. All right. What was your favorite reference from this episode? You graduated So that's uh, just saying it to Rory. And I like that he assumes that she's graduated early instead of dropping out. Like, he automatically thinks mm-hmm. she did the right thing. Um, and that's from Doogie Howser, MD. And there's a there's a reboot of it, I think, on right now. But anyways, that was um, Neil Patrick Harris, who, you know, to his credit, his career has, you know, gone above and beyond. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember how old he was, but I think the character was supposed to be, like, 13, 14, graduated at school or something. Okay. Uh, but I really like it. Just it just talks about what high standards um, and expectations he has for Rory, but in a positive way. Yeah, that it was just beyond him to even think that she would drop out. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Um, my favorite reference was uh, when Lorelai and them were watching the soccer game. She says, who's her coach? Sam Peckinpah, who was famously a very violent director. He kind of, he kind of, I guess, in a way, normalized violence in cinema. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was just kind of like a nice little joke. And especially if you know of him and his movies, it's like, oh, yeah, that What's makes sense. What's one of his more well-known movies? I mean, I know he's a director, but I can't think of his work right now. Like, probably, like, some of his bigger movies are, like, Straw Dogs, The Getaway, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. So. So he was just, like, a monster to work for? Yeah, he was not a great person to work for. But, okay. yeah. Uh, but his nickname was called Bloody Sam, basically because of how violent his movies were. So. Yeah, so. So does this play in the whole horror genre? Is it part of the horror genre? Or no? no, he's probably more action okay. than anything, but yeah. Um, so he's like a Tarantino type of... Very similar, yeah. Like, I'm sure okay. Tarantino probably owes a little bit to Peckinpah, in a way. So I think he's actually been interviewed about the influence, from what I remember, if I have that right. Mm. So. Which makes sense. Yeah, but his movies are good. Uh, they're obviously pretty violent, but they're pretty good. Um, so yeah, I, when I heard that, I had a good laugh because in my mind, I know exactly what they're talking about and that's how violent the, the game is, the soccer game. So you had like a little like, inside joke with Gimel. Yeah. Um, favorite quote. Mine was when Jess says, you seem really obsessed, obsessed with length. That was, I had a good laugh at that. <laughs> Mine was also Jess. I got a job, professional driveway stalker. Pays good? Yeah, but the hours suck. Yeah, that was great. It's just they automatically, it's like no time has passed. They have a, such a such a good repartee going. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just so natural for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically Jess was a winner with the, the lines this week. Um, oh, let's see, do we have any behind-the-scenes trivia? I'm sure we do. Let's see. Uh, this episode title comes from the line in uh in the song "Back in the USSR" by the Beatles. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh oh, Milo Ventimiglia and uh, the actor that plays uh Logan, they work together on a show called Opposite Sex later on i think it was actually earlier on i'll have to look up the show so it says 2000 opposite sex and i don't know if that was when the show came out yeah that was when the show came out that sounds like way before yeah yeah it was uh a really young milo bentamelia so they they had acted before so uh, and he also knows the guy that plays. He also knows Jared Padalecki, right? The one that plays Dean. Mm. Um. Uh. Oh, that one's a spoiler for your life, so we won't say that. Um, spoiler for what? There is a bit of trivia, but it, it's a spoiler Am for for a year in the life. So I don't want to say it because it will spoil that. So I'm like, no. Yeah, that's price. Okay. We're, we're, that that we'll we'll save that last one. I'm sure it'll pop up in a year of the life for trivia. 
Um, any mental health observations from this episode? You can see Rory slaying the codependence, which I think she's done before, but when mm -hmm. Logan's getting drunk and his friends are getting drunk and she's trying to get them all in the car and you know, then his friends are missing and some of that leans into codependent behavior when she's, you know, and I'm assuming we don't see the friends get in the car, nor do we see her drop them off. And I'm assuming that just based on the context that she was looking for them and trying to get them in the car, um, you know, she's not obligated to do any of that. And if they have addictive behaviors, she's actually not, she's not required to take care of them. Um, and you can see her, I think that's probably the low point. I think that's probably a rock bottom is she realizing that she didn't have a good time. They're making fun of the singer, um, which is pretty rude. And um, even though Jess kind of agreed <laughs> mm, yeah. with Logan, but, uh, but you can see that she's just, she's not enjoying herself and then she has to pick up their mess. Yeah. And so you see that she's become kind of a caretaker to Logan in that sense, rather than a equal. And I think that's probably, I, I'm assuming that's, you know, that started the descent of, or that was the, the, the pit of when she realized that, wait a second, this isn't what I want to be. And then, then the issue adjusts and then he goes and attacks a dear friend of hers and that she still has feelings for, I think. So, in, but I think the whole thing of, of, oh, I'm at this thing, they're making fun of someone and then I'm having to pick up their mess. Well, picking up their mess was her choice, though. Yeah. So if we look at it that way, that's the codependent piece, is that she was not obligated to take care of them because they got drunk. Yeah. Uh, you can say, oh, well, she's being a nice friend, but also at what extent was it hurting her? And mm -hmm. I think that's what we start seeing is she was setting herself on fire to keep Logan warm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you also see that Logan... Jess pushed rory to be more and i think in a healthy relationship you encourage each other to be more you don't do it through criticism you do it through encouragement and logan really didn't do that i think he was fine with status quo he was fine with rory staying where she was at and i would even argue that he needed to have somebody that was kind of that he felt was beneath him to make him feel better um, and then we've got jess who says you can be whatever you want to be why are you in this place this is not you yeah well, that's also, like, the longest I'm like, I, I am still Team Jess, even after what happens at the party and everything. Like, I know some people will say, well, Jess wasn't the greatest. But at least with Jess, unlike a Logan or a Dean, he improves. Like, he makes the changes yeah. as a person. Whereas Dean is consistently the same way throughout the show, for at least the entire run of the show. Uh, and Logan, I mean, spoilers, but he doesn't really change that much. Like he he's still the same Logan throughout most of the show. <laughs> Jess, on the other hand, like he does change. He does uh, realize that you know he has to make changes to, you know, not just for himself. And that's what's great about this is the changes he makes. He recognizes are not just because he wants to get Rory, but they're actually to help him out too. And that's where real change happens. Not when you're doing it for someone else, but when you're doing it for you. Yeah. Um, I see people come in and say, "I want to change for so and so." Well. Do you want to change for you? Well, no, you know, someone says, says, if I don't do this, then they're going to break up with me. Well, but do you think you need to change? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where the real work comes in. You can tell that, that, um, oh my God, I just totally forgot his name. Um, Jess has been doing, um, a lot of like self-development, self, you know, introspection. Mm -hmm. It shows just the way he carries himself too. I think the, I think that's what 
that was also impressed with the nonverbal part of Milo uh, Ventimiglia's performance. Yeah. Is that he just looks like a different Jeff. A hundred percent. Okay. He's not. A, you don't see him as bitter and angry. No, so like he's kind of taken that and kind of harnessed that into motivation to get his book published. And you know, it's not like a raging success, but it's it's enough for him. Like you can tell, he's very mm -hmm. satisfied. Right. He's made peace with some things in his life. Yeah. Yeah. So it might have been that when when he called Rory and didn't say anything, that might have been his rock bottom. And I think that's when we make change is when we hit rock bottom, we realize that there are things that we're doing that are just not okay with us. It's also interesting, too, that, like, unlike Dean, where he consistently tried to, like, undercut Dean and, like, try to get in in that relationship, mm -hmm. he doesn't really do that here. Like, he, you know, no. he re recognizes that Logan's not for her, but, like, he also does walk away at a certain point and just kind of be like, well you know, is what it is, right? So that was also something I was a little surprised by, too. So and maybe he's owning the fact that, you know, he, he couldn't expect her to not date after mm -hmm. he just up and left. Yeah. So maybe he's come to terms with that you can't control people like that. It's yeah. Not healthy. Cool. Okay. Uh, I think it's time to give. We got Emily reenacting the mother role to try to get it right, which we come to some resolution of that next episode. But yeah, that's yeah, that's what I got for sex stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, what would you give this episode a score of? I, I originally was going to give it a six, but I I think with the conclusion just showing up, it bumps it up to like a seven point five. Okay. Just the fact that he shows up. What about you? Ooh, I think this might be one of the better episodes. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Mm. Wow. Yeah. We really did it. What pushed it over into 9 for you? I think it's just the redemption of Jess. The Jess 2.0. Like, yeah, I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, because he's just not a complete shit show like he was before. Like, he, he he's almost like a complete different character but he's not at the same time like it, it really does make sense that he would make those changes uh and it's just it's very satisfying yeah and it's just very satisfying mm -hmm. to see it's satisfying to see that he did make those changes and you know mm -hmm. he you know obviously he still cares for Rory you can tell like no matter what like there's a reason why he didn't just mail her this book you know um I, he signed it because he gave it to her and I'm like did you sign it Jess you gotta sign the book yeah um, but, uh, yeah, no, I just, I really did like this episode. It's mostly because I think Jess just kind of, you get the redemption of Jess, Jess 2.0. Mm -hmm. And there's, and he's not done, he's not out of the show for good. He's, we still got some more Jess to come, so. I thought they really masterfully handled that, too, his whole introduction. And the poor people watching it back in 2005 or 2006, they had to sit through commercials. So you've got Jess showing up. And then they cut to commercial. Yeah. I mean, you don't see the commercial, but can you imagine everybody just like waiting through like three minutes of commercials to see what's going to happen? Yeah. It would have been probably like pretty surprising at the time. Just be like, oh, he's actually, yeah. you know, he's not uh, a totally terrible character anymore. So. Right. Cool. All right. 
uh, stuff is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her book. And Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeangrynerves.com, where almost every other day we have new pod- content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.